Hello, hello, hello. So before I go into today's amazing episode, I am over the moon to announce that the next intake of the female fat loss program is now open. So signups are now open for July. And this is something that you guys have created. You guys have DM me, you guys have been asking for this for I think about three years and it took me a while to get it right. It's taken me a while to figure out what I want out of it. And the program has been running amazingly, amazingly well since we started opening it up. And what the actual program is a little bit different. So if it's a, if you're looking for a program to lose 10 kg in six weeks, it's not gonna be the program for you because no program could and should be able to offer you that unless it's completely restrictive. So what this program is offering you is you where you get a program tailored to you, nutrition based off what your goals are, education on how to train around your cycle, manage your cravings, education around perimenopause, menopause, postnatal, prenatal, how to manage PMS, how to manage your thyroid, how to manage PCOS, how to, how to manage endometriosis and get away from the yo-yo dieting. So the last intake actually sold out in 24 hours, which was mad. I was keeping the numbers small and then there was so much activity coming in that I had to kind of uh, close it off uh, and I had to reopen it back up. So the next program will be starting on Monday, the 18th of July, 2022. I'll be running for six weeks from there. So what you will get from me uh, is your training program with videos, education on training. You'll get free recipe books. I would highly recommend to try the brownies. A Facebook group with supports, lives every Tuesday, check-ins every week. You'll have check-ins on the group. You can it's, an, it's a like-minded group and the current group that are in there at the minute are thriving because they're, they're seeing what each other is doing and they're encouraging everyone. It's, that's what I want it to be. So who is this program for? It's someone who wants to learn. It's someone who wants to make their body work for them. People who are sick and tired of not seeing results and ready to take action. Someone who's looking to potentially lose body fat. Someone who's looking to gain muscle. Someone who's look, looking to feel more confident in their body. Looking for guidance around cravings of PCOS, endometriosis. People who are looking for guidance around mental health. So what I would encourage you guys to do, if you're looking for something that's a little bit lower price, if you're on a budget or whatever it may be, what I would highly encourage you to do is try this out for the six weeks. It's gonna be at the lowest price it is now. I may review it after a while. So if you're looking to kind of work with myself and get rid of that BS that's out there, I'd highly recommend you do it. The people who are in it at the minute are absolutely thriving and every single one of them is absolutely smashing. So if you're interested in working with myself uh, through the Female Fat Loss Program, click on the link in the bio, sign up, Things will start up on the 18th of July on Monday and you'll have everything sent over to you the Friday beforehand. And the price of the program is 149 euro for six weeks. So it works out less than a cup of coffee every single day. So I think it's it's quite cheap compared to what I've seen from other programs, but the amount of information, and that's the bit that I've seen so far from the feedback that's kind of come in. So if you're interested to work with me from the 18th of July, I would recommend to click on the link in the bio or and in the write-up of the episode click on that book your space and everything will be over to you the friday before really excited to see you guys who are joining up looking forward to it and i will talk to you guys very soon enjoy the episode so guys welcome to the kind of the first q a with the swf female fat loss group so i know that this is kind of the first week that we've been doing this and i really really appreciate every question that kind of came in because it allows makes my life a hell of a lot easier when you guys are sending in questions i know there's constant questions kind of coming in so what I would probably try to do is maybe write those out during the week and then um, keep a log of it and then send it in at the uh, at the kind of the Q&A box 
if it's if it's urgent obviously message me but uh, i know this is going to be a q a so there's about 10 questions that you guys have sent in um should we request to join or just watch is what you can watch if you want uh join means that you'll be on camera so i would just uh watch it for now um so just watch and then you can kind of send in questions i think as well if needs be as you've done there you can enter in the box so with the first question uh came in uh is in re regarding to walking distance do you need to make it do you need to make a difference i know it's about the effect you put in uh so i know that question that kind of came in is in relation to the distance does it make a difference so there's an episode that i did with recalibrated bodies and with that episode, um, Daniel and Amanda kind of talk about where that myth of 10,000 steps has come from. And it is a myth. It was created by marketers. It was created by the Japanese company that kind of created those pedometers that you guys normally wear on your wrists. Uh, and it is a myth. It's just in order to get people moving. I think it's a great tool uh, to get people moving. I am all for that. Most people don't move enough. And then they kind of don't really, um, don't really get the results they're looking for because they don't move enough and what i mean by move enough is go for a walk like it's um like most people think they need to do more and more and more it's it's probably not what they actually need to do they probably just need to be a little bit smarter we're getting sleep and stress they're probably the two so if you think of your kind of like your steps the sweet points around seven and seven and a half thousand steps if you're in and around that number you're bang on the money um for myself i don't step count I would just say I'm I'm going out for a walk. It normally takes about an hour and 20 minutes on average to kind of get by 10,000 steps. It could take less, it could take more. It depends on the person's fitness level. So what I would say is if you're hitting seven, seven and a half thousand steps and you're happy with that and you're still making progress, well, then there's no need to do tweak it anymore. If you're hitting 10,000 steps and you're still making progress in the way you want to go, well then there's no need to do any more. But it's not like that if you hit 9,999 steps that you're a failure. That's not what it is. And a lot of people can get addicted to those numbers. Like people can get addicted to seeing that number going up and down, up and down. We don't really want to do that. Does the intensity of your walks matter? I would say it can help and it couldn't hurt. So what does the intensity of a walk look like? If you imagine that you're walking beside someone, you should be probably out of breath walking. If you're not getting your heart rate up or you're not kind of like getting your cardiovascular system or your heart rate up, it's kind of, you're not getting full full whack out of the walk. Um, but like the biggest difference I would say is walking is from a mental health more than anything. That's what I use it for. I don't use it as a kind of a fat loss tool. It's probably the most underrated fat loss tool that people don't use enough alongside sleep and stress. It's generally the three S's. Um, so like I would look at it from a point of view of getting your steps in, getting your sleep monitored and getting your stress managed are probably the three S's that I would look at. Um, so if you're aiming for 10,000 all the time, it's a great marker. If you don't hit it and you're over seven and a half thousand, well then you're bang on. If you're doing more, and I can see some of you guys' steps are crazy, and I think a lot of you guys are active uh, through active jobs like nursing and teaching and all that kind of stuff, and that may change. So your steps are already up already. Um, so 
would it make more of an effort if you're getting more steps in? Yes, once nutrition, stress and sleep are under control and being managed, yes. Um, but I wouldn't get too bogged down in it. If you find you're getting bogged down and bored of the actual step counter itself or getting triggered by that if you don't hit 10,000 steps, you probably need to reduce the amount of time that you're spending on it and just aim to go for a walk and say, right, I'm listening to this podcast and then kind of go for the walk. That's probably what I aim to do. But I listened to the Dining on Amanda episode. I think I sent it into the group. Uh, the Dining on Amanda episode for Calibrated Bodies. They talk about the kind of like the the watches and stuff like that. Um, in relation to this question came in. It's a really good question. Is how to manage when life gets in the way when out and about. So I think this is leads in to some element of perfection for people that they believe that they can only eat what's in the house and they can't have anything else outside of the house and what i mean by that is it's a silly food rule that you can't have anything outside of the house it's coming down to feeling that you're going to lose control of this fear of going to be losing control when that's ultimately not what's going to happen because you have control unless you have an eating disorder you have control and i've spoken to the majority of you through dm or welcome calls none of you have eating disorders um and at least the people in the group um and i'm really careful who i let into the group because if there's a bad egg it ruins the buzz completely and that's happened before in groups um so how do you manage when life gets in the way if you have kids that's generally what people are talking about or if stress happens at work or a deadline comes up at work how do you manage it well what can you control Look at what you can control. You can control, are you having regular meals where possible? Yeah. Have you done your weekly shop? Tick. Have you had protein with most meals? Tick. So listen to the language that I'm using. It's not saying protein with every meal. I'm not saying veggies with every meal. It's not saying fruit with every meal. What I am saying is it's having with most meals. So a perfect example of is at the minute, unfortunately, a couple of the, the you guys uh, have kids who are, are unwell or and are not doing too well. And I've spoken to you guys off off camera and in your check-ins and stuff like that. So hopefully they're doing a little bit better. But when kids get sick and stuff, the world gets turned upside down. Anxiousness, worry, is, is it's, it's a normal response. I'd be worried if it didn't happen. Uh, if the, the, the reaction that comes in. I know when I was a sick kid, my parents were in and out of hospital me all the time. Mom used to sleep on the on the chair beside me all the time. So I can only imagine what the, the worry and angst is. Um, but when life gets in the way, it's looking at, well, have you got your shopping? Tick. Have you got your regular meals in? Tick. Are you doing what you can? Tick. Or are you just kind of downing tools for the sake of it and having um, just letting go of the control that you have? You have control of your actions. And as Cassandra has kind of, Cassandra worked with me before. And if you want to listen to Cassandra's episode, I'm going to embarrass Cassandra now. Uh, if Cassandra's been on the podcast. So if you listen back and type in Shane Walsh Fitness or Shane Walsh uh, podcast and Cassandra's name, you'll get the client episode. Uh, Cassandra did awesome work. Uh, so we're just tweaking a few things now again. But Cassandra talks about control the controllables. Cassandra has uh, a little army of, of troops with, uh, with our kids and stuff. And the big thing that she says is trying to get the regular meals where possible um controlling what you can where possible if one of the kids gets sick it's like oh what can i do here rather than what should i do here changing the language like life is always going to happen like i know tomorrow um i'm i'm away for a seminar for the day so what do i do well i'm going to bring my lunch with me i'm going to have a few snacks for the car journeys there and back so that, that's my way of doing then have my normal dinner when i get back later tomorrow evening so I'll be cooking today so that I have my meals for tomorrow. 
than one way you could do it if you're doing a shot potentially by like the likes of NutriQuick or the likes of AMPX meals or clean cut meals or meal prep company and have those meals in the fridge or batch cook uh, on the weekends so then if you're like feeling tired or lethargic you have those meals handy so you can just zap them in the microwave or defrost them uh, so you can have those to go to nothing wrong with having a sandwich either i think a lot of people fear that a sandwich isn't almost in inverted commas good enough um i have a i have bagels every day like literally i I love a bagel i probably have a bagel before i go training um just to get some sort of carbohydrate which is your body's preferred source of energy so if you're restricting carbohydrates you're being very very silly um so it's looking at what you can do are you prepped for your week have you got the stuff that you can manage ticked off have you got your workouts booked in? If you don't, if your workouts don't happen because kids are sick, that's okay. It's a decent reason. Um, can you potentially ask for more help of family or mem- family members around you? Um, can you ask for help of your partner? Uh, could you adjust your hours? Could you uh, ask for time off work? Um, could you just look after yourself a little bit more and say, what can I do? That sentence really helps. So what can I do? Being more empathetic to yourself rather than saying, I have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm a failure. Because that's going to, that alarm bell comes into an awful lot of people's heads. Uh, so I know this week I'm going to go training when we finish the live. And then I probably won't be training until probably Friday because my week is orientated towards that way. Um, and then I will be just get my walks in first thing in the morning because it uh, helps my head. So ask yourself, what can you do? Booking in the time for you. If things go not according to your plan well what can you do as a plan b some people say like plan, having a plan b is giving you an aid of a plan a but that's very bro and that's very david goggins i love david goggins but that's very david goggins orientated have some meals prepped uh have something into the house uh but try to reduce the amount of takeaways you're having when you get a little bit tired or lethargic there's nothing wrong i know uh someone had uh one of the kids got sick and they had fish and chips would I advise weighing in after one of those meals? Probably not. You're literally asking for a problem when you do that because it's not it's not a true reflection. It's going to spike up. There's more calories. It's more carbohydrates. It's more water retention. Like it's not going to be a true reflection. So just ask yourself like, what can I do? And that would really, really help you. Um, the next question was in relation to what's your take on resistance bands over weights? Um, resistance bands are great for warm-up activities and activation activities for like shoulders and glutes and all that kind of stuff but i would say if you're looking to improve your body composition uh which is kind of like the word tone and tone means build muscle you are going to get more bang for your buck with lifting weights and having a higher protein and managing your stress and your sleep than you are at resistance bands doesn't mean it's not possible resistance bands but you will need you will need a hell of a lot more volume on it. Can you lift resistance bands with weights? As in, can you use resistance bands while you're lifting weights? Yes, you can. Uh, it makes it a lot more difficult. Would I advise it for a beginner? No, it's overcomplicating something. But I would say I would go for weights number one. Um, like if you're lifting half kg or two kg dumbbells, it's not ideal. Um it's probably not heavy enough weight. It may feel like a heavy enough weight, but where do you go afterwards? In order to see progression, you need to be either lifting heavier weights or you need to be slower tempo or you need to um, be increasing your kind of reps of your weight. So I would kind of look at it from that point of view of would I weights over resistance bands? Can you use resistance bands with weights? Yes, but 
if you're only using resistance bands and you're an experienced trainer, you're not going to get as bang for your buck. If you're someone who's new and it's getting you moving, I would, I would, I would go. I, I would aim for it, but weights would be the number one thing that I would go for if you're looking to improve your body composition in relation to getting toned. Because toned, that inverted commas means build muscle, and in order to build muscle, you need to get a stressor onto the muscle in order for it to grow and to expand to get blood in, in order for it to uh, grow. And weights is the number one. Uh, lifting dumbbells, barbells, squats, whatever it may be, um, machines doesn't really matter. Um, on that side of thing, if people are looking at machines versus free weights, the results are very, very similar between the two. There's no real difference. A great way to start is probably machines. It builds up confidence. I know when I worked face to face, I always started off with the machines to build up confidence, and then probably after about six to eight weeks, we went more into the free weights area because it builds out a little more, more confidence. And if you notice, majority of your programs who isn't experienced are probably on the machines and a little bit of free weights and those who are a little bit more experienced are probably doing a little bit more barbell work compared to other ones so there's no right or wrong way to do it but that's what i work with on my clients on that side of things um the next one is in relation to uh should we be progressing our overload uh, week on week so we need to work out what progressive overload means and progressive overload is when you the definition is when you gradually increase the weight the frequency or the number of reps in your strength training routine that's generally a progressive overload you're progressing and overloading your muscle or your body uh, and this allows your body to get stronger your muscle musculoskeletal system to actually grow and get uh, to grow muscle and get bigger and get get stronger um through building muscle and stuff like that so should you it the answer is it depends and i know that's not what you guys want to hear but the answer is it really really just depends it depends on where you're starting from and it depends if you are experienced or non-experienced so if someone's brand new to the gym and they've never trained ever they'll, they'll have a thing called newbie gains and what newbie gains is is essentially between one to three years is generally when newbie gains occur you'll find that you'll build muscle faster um you'll be you'll react and respond to weights quicker you'll respond to growing muscle a lot quicker your your growth your rate of growth muscle growth will grow will be a lot quicker uh but as you kind of get past that three-year stage or four-year stage or five-year stage the rate of muscle growth decreases um it's obviously there's still an increase on once you're kind of training to kind of in and around failure which is kind of like three four or five reps depending on who you look at um but should you progress the overload every week uh the goal would be to make sure your number one is your form is decent if your back and your shoulders are getting injured all the time it means your form is completely and utterly way off so send videos of form uh if you want on your check-ins or upload it if you want uh but if you're working with a coach whoever's listening to this on the podcast if you have a coach i'd highly recommend to send videos over i know that some one of my clients who's been with me for about four years eileen she's been on the podcast twice says i don't understand why people don't send you more videos like i can help you i can like people are saying well like, why am i getting a lower pain or th- pain in my lower back with my ordeal it's like i don't know because i can't see your form i can guess it's probably because your shoulders are rounded or your legs aren't straight and your back is getting pulled down by the weight that's probably what's happening uh, but should we progressive overload every week if you're new you, your goal will be to try and either increase your reps 
try to increase your weight week on week. If you're more experienced, uh, it gets a little bit more difficult and any rep or any increase in uh, frequency or any increase in repetitions, you have to almost struggle to grind for. Um, and that's probably what I would recommend uh, on that side of things. It really, really does depend on where you're at in relation to your own journey. Uh, I know if you've been training for quite a while, you have to fight that a little bit harder uh, for your pro progress. Uh, but if your stress and your recovery aren't in a good position, it's on your sleep isn't that's part of recovery isn't up to scratch you're going to find it a little bit more difficult if you're under fueling um and you're not eating enough i would probably encourage you to guys to eat that a little bit more to try and get through your sessions if you are doing classes and then going to do weights i would do the weights if you're training hard enough just focus on the weights if you're doing cardio before weights that's silly i would do weights and then cardio because you're trying to get the most out of your muscle growth which will give you that toned look which is the building muscle look uh, that you're looking for so weights ahead of cardio um in relation to order if you're doing classes and weights back to back you're not going to get as bang for your buck. You're going to be more tired, more lethargic. Uh, you're going to probably going to need more fuel than you probably realize. And you're probably overtraining or under recovering is probably what most people are doing as well um, on that side of things. So most people, like, I don't think I've got anyone that's training over four days a week in relation to my program. Olympic athletes, um, Olympic athletes train four days a week. So last time I checked, the majority of people who listen to this podcast are not Olympic athletes. Uh, so we probably don't need to do more than that. People will say, well, it's good for my head. Yeah, I do get that, but so is a walk. Like if you're using exercise as a form of therapy, it's gonna be a recipe for disaster. And what do I mean by that? Is exercise shouldn't be therapy. If you are struggling with mental health issues, you need to go and talk to a counselor. That's that's flat out what it is if you're using exercise as a crutch for how you perceive yourself or your self-worth is linked to how you look i would go and talk to a counselor training yourself into or grinding yourself into um to kind of like the abyss won't work not getting sleep or not getting uh not managing your stress or not eating enough for to, to fuel your body you you're not you're asking for a little bit of, of trouble there so i've completely and utterly gone off the rails with my question here but should you be doing progressive overloading each week if you're new to things yes you'll probably find it if you're new to a program you will probably find that you'll progressive overload if you're at a program for a while and you stall you probably need to take a thing called a deload week which is i generally take them when i change my program so when i change my program whenever that is um it's generally the first week or so of the program that's generally my deload week because i'm trying to get used to the new movements and not push myself too hard and then i ramp it up as i kind of go along um so hopefully that answers the question um and that kind of links in with should we go up each week in in our weights or whatever it may be um in relation to if you're in the gym and you're unsure of your form you could ask the pt on site to kind of watch your form or record yourselves um that would be my advice like if you're feeling in an ordeal your lower back there's a video as a reel on my story of how to kind of better your form at home so i would highly recommend to have a look at that uh, if you want to have a look at my 
uh, wall I think that's what it's called on social media um, have a look at that um, then if you're kind of getting say for lat raises or something like that on the weight it's kind of clicking your shoulder or hitting tennis elbow whatever it may be what I would probably say is you're either not doing the weight the exercise property or you're probably lifting too heavy most people lat raises if you think about it your arm is further away from your body so the um it's as your body's further as your hand is further away from your body it you're not going to be able to carry as high a weight so it's going to have a lower it's going to have a higher impact on this on the muscle on the joints um so you may need to go a lighter weight um so probably start off with like a two and a half three kg with the lat raise that's a rough guideline that's not me saying everyone has to do that that's completely up to you um i know some people can lift heavier some people can do heavier but if you're a starter start start small work your way up don't ego lift um the next question is in relation to holidays and there is an episode on this already so if you listen to the episode that i did with sarah catterson um i love that chat with sarah sarah's sarah's brutally honest like i am um but is, is very very well educated with her stuff as well so um want to keep momentum and stay on track to some degree what exercise could i do um in relation to holidays you need to look at your values is the holiday about enjoying time with the kids or is it the holiday about restricting yourself that's two very different things and two very ends of the spectrum um so you need to look at regarding to your holidays and stuff what i would probably advise you to do is stick to the basics potentially if you're going to somewhere sunny potentially go out for a walk early in the morning so that you are it's not too hot and you've got of right tick that off anything happens anything else that happens for the rest of the day i've nailed my day uh what you could do is right how can i get protein into most meals emphasis on that word most meals can i get more veggies or can i ask for a side of veggies with most meals could i have a drink of water um with in between alcoholic drinks probably um could you train you could train if you want i generally don't train on holidays i'll go for a walk and stuff or i might go for the odd run uh, but i generally don't weight train if i'm on holidays but that's personal choice i know other people that do it's completely up to you um check out the gyms if you want to do that um what exercises could you do whatever you want really um swimming if you have a pool walking uh, it's more than enough it's probably more than most people do anyway um, i know people are saying well i'm trying to be inverted commas good well, like you're not trying to be good you're trying to be restrictive and trying to push yourself to oblivion that's what most people but that's what most of those sentences mean it's like i'm going to push this as far as i can go and hope it doesn't implode on me that's generally what it means um so i would also say right probably don't have chips with every meal there's nothing wrong with chips but I probably wouldn't want to have them at every meal um but if you want to have them at every meal work away uh coke zeros are really handy and if you worry about aspartamine you're worrying about like you don't it needs to, you need to have ten thousand over your dosage in order for it to worry um yeah so with the holidays and stuff like that i would focus on making memories i know people will be like well i'm going to undo my progress you're not going to undo your progress if you stick to what you have been doing which is protein with most meals asking more for more veggies probably not having chips with most meals they're high in calories there's nothing wrong with them there's no no foods off limit all that kind of stuff would i have them at every meal no 
Um, I probably wouldn't. That's my personal choice. You can if you want. Um, then regarding exercise, you can join the gym if you want. You could go for a run. You could go for a walk. Do a few laps of the swimming pool. Go for your walk early in the morning. You, if you want to do a, a, a kind of a bodyweight workout and get the kids involved, you can do that as well. We'll tire them out. It's completely up to you. Um, but I would really, really focus on, given what the last few years have been like regarding holidays and not getting away and stuff, I would focus on making memories um, on that side of things and having the regular meals. Are you having enough water? de-stressing decluttering the head doing a little bit of journaling that side of things and enjoying the time with the kids if you've got a young family and stuff like that so that's probably what i'd aim for on that um so in relation to i'm just figuring out the rest of the questions um in relation to when you are tracking calories and stuff like that should should you weigh or when you're going for your progress in relation to kind of should you weigh in daily it's a great question um and the two words are going to come out of my mouth again it depends is there research supporting that someone weighs in daily but might stick to things a little bit longer because they understand the fluctuations yes are there other studies showing that someone who spends less time on the scales um has results too yes are there results that people step off the scales and see results yes so it depends on the individual but it also depends when you are weighing what are you measuring people are like what are you talking about well i would listen to episode 275 which is weight loss versus fat loss okay and i'll put all these links to the episodes that i have kind of mentioned in that well the weight the, the weighing scales can only measure your weight in that moment in time if you weigh first thing in the morning and weigh thing last thing at night, they're going to be two very different readings. You're going to be heavier in the evening because you've had more food, you've had more water. It's just in general. Um, when to weigh first thing in the morning, having gone to the bathroom one and two uh, before food and before water. That's when you should weigh if you are weighing. Um, if you are weighing daily, you'll see spikes up and I can see on check-ins um, that people have done from the first lot of the group sessions that some people have weighed in daily and then some have weighed in once a week and there's no right or wrong approach. I'll just be able to say, um, I'll be able to see if you're weighing in, when would I weigh in? I would probably weigh in on a Wednesday or a Thursday because it's the middle of the week. Uh, puts a lot less pressure on, right, it's Monday so I must do my check-in. Wednesday is the middle of the week um then rather than doing it on a friday saturday and sunday when you probably had a little bit more variety of your foods um and going from there if you want to weigh in daily yes but if you're if you're stepping on it every time it's making you upset because you're putting your self-worth onto the scales one i would go to get counseling because you're measuring your self-worth by a piece of plastic on a floor um and that's not very conducive and that's not what it measures um there's an episode out next week of 278 with eilish reach uh so she is the author of a book called intuitive eating um, and she talks about um the weighing scales that it's a false idol um that it's literally all people are stepping on onto the scales is looking for a validation off a piece of plastic now if you think about that logically how silly does that sound would you let your kids do what you're doing probably not so why are you different are you measuring your weight or are you measuring the number and have no attachment to it if you've no attachment to the number 
weigh in as often as you want if you have an attachment to that number that if it goes up and if it goes down you feel good or bad whatever way you need to probably look at and do a little bit of inner work of where did i learn that i'm less of a person if i am more weight my guess is slimming clubs uh because they're a big pile of shite um and the other thing is weighing scales only measures your weight it doesn't take into fact your measurements going down doesn't measure fat loss it doesn't it, it kind of doesn't can't differentiate between muscle mass it can't differentiate between um water weight it can't differentiate if you're on your cycle and that's a big thing as well you need to take into account your week on week or your like week with your like week and if you've listened to the female fat loss episodes i'll do a really quick recap but the female fat loss episodes and the female fat or the like for like weeks what i mean is measure your progress from the week of your cycle in say june to week of your cycle in july the same hormones same fluctuations will be at play if you measure your week of your cycle in june to ovulation week in july it's not the same hormones at play so it's like comparing chalk and cheese it's not going to be the same similarity so you really need to make sure that that's a progress metric as well and i'll be looking at that through check-ins with clients and educate clients on that from whatever stage they're at whether in the the female fat loss program or my one-to-one clients um so in relation to the question here is week four the week as we women should generally pull back a training or push on i can't remember which it is the answer is that two let two sentence word two sentence two let two sent two word sentence uh is it depends everyone's going to be different some women can get bogged down in that uh so generally what the like because most of the research was done on um most of the research for on training was done on men for a very very long time so the research is only kind of coming out now and that it's ever evolving uh bef- what it says now is generally the first two weeks post cycle is generally where you might find that you're a little bit more activity levels and ovulation week is kind of the peak of it and then the last two weeks coming up to your cycle are generally the weeks where you need to kind of like drop it down a little bit but i would highly recommend every woman to track their cycle um using apps like clue kindara you can use natural cycles which will measure ovulation and take your body temperature um and then you can use a pen and paper if you want and what you'll see is you'll notice when spikes of energy are 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 happening and when they're not happening and you'll be able to see when could you train a little bit more when you can train ease it awful i know clients you can train more on ovulation week and less on week of and vice versa with some other clients it's really really dependent it's woman dependent so i wouldn't try to pigeonhole yourself and label yourself as i'm weaker on this week so i'm going to ease off this week i would try to say right what do i need to do for myself this week am i feeling a little bit more lethargic right i may take it a little bit easier and see how i go i'm going to enter the session and see how i go and you might you might surprise yourself um You might surprise yourself with how you you may say that right in week of your cycle on june might you might see that you may see in your week of your cycle in july that you're kind of lifting a little bit more reps or lifting a little bit more weight um that could be a sign of progress that'd be a progressive overload 
but I would track your cycle. That would be number one. If you have, if you're on the pill, it's not going to be a real cycle. But you, you'll, you may have fluctuations, but they'll be dependent. Uh, so you may need to keep a log of that. If you're at perimenopause, it might be a little bit different again because your cycles might be shorter, they might be longer depending on the woman. Um, so you'll need to kind of like keep in tune with your doctor and see if you are getting looked after with HRT if that is an option for you on that side of things. Um, then yeah just keeping a log of your mood as well you know when the mood drops um if you feel you have like depression or pmdd um i would highly recommend going to a counselor if you are going through perimenopause the mood can drop really quickly uh because you're not getting your estrogen uh on your progesterone levels are a little bit all over the place progesterone is your calming hormone so that happens at the second end of your cycle so first two weeks estrogen peaks up like so up to ovulation second two weeks estrogen drops down and progesterone takes over um and progesterone is your calming hormone so beyond if you think of like estrogen like your beyonce hormone it makes you feel like a woman it makes you a little bit more irritable and then that's not me being sexist by the way that's me putting out what the books say uh i was written by a woman um i have to cover myself because people get triggered and angered at everything these days uh and then progesterone is your calming hormone so it calms you down it's your yin to your yang that's the way to look at it um and then i've got any other questions in relation to should we fit um in relation to carbs and fats the biggest thing that will happen is if you think of like uh a the weight loss pyramid as a triangle the bottom of it will be the most important thing which is your calories in calories out right then it will be that you're kind of like looking at your your adherence then be kind of looking at or your macros should i say so your protein is next up on that list your carbs your fats all that kind of stuff um if you're within your calorie range you should be seeing progress protein is probably the one that i would aim for the most because you're uh getting keeping you fuller you're getting the the kind of the glue that helps to kind of build muscle um along with it helps you to recover helps your immune system can help to recover from covid um alongside medical health as well help as well um would you kind of look at your carbs and fats there's no harm in putting more information in if you are doing it but if it's triggering you and you're kind of getting bogged down in it that i have to hit like a certain amount of fats and you're only hitting safe to hit 50 grams of fats for example which is a number off the top of my head um that's not what i'm recommending uh you are already hitting 49 it's, it's beating you up to get into that number um then i would kind of just maybe drop that and just work on your total calories is counting calories for everyone no uh, if you have an eating disorder you probably shouldn't be counting calories um if you are an emotional leader can you count calories and work on your relationship with food yeah um but you'll need to bring in other metrics and stuff that we've used with one-to-one -one clients on that side of things like the moon food journal and stuff and kind of like introducing a pause am i hungry enough for fruit is a great one um to bring in it really does help it's what i use in the evenings um because i where i start i start work early um and uh go from there uh hitting protein can be the hardest um what like if you look at say like the likes of cottage cheese greek yogurt uh look at some of those ready-made meals by like nutriquick and stuff like that um chicken fish uh whey protein 
they're a really handy ways to get your protein up without even realizing it. Eggs, turkey rashes, um, there's loads of different options, but it's just about being actually planning a little bit more. That's probably what most people struggle with is the planning. They don't like to be planning because they think planning is rigid. Um, planning leads to flexibility and it leads to freedom because you understand what you can say yes or no to. You understand what you can stick to. You understand when your sessions are done. You understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and yet book it in your sessions, book it in your, your protein, maybe batch cooking a couple of meals that are the similar ones rather than trying to cook a fresh new meal every single day could ease the process for you as well rather than having to you shouldn't be cooking a separate meal for your family that's not what the aim of this is if you're if you're doing it that way you're, you're probably doing it a little bit margin for error for you need to probably you're doing it wrong um like as a lad kids will uh eat what puts in front of them um if you've got fussy eaters you can technically if you to get them listen to there's an episode on dealing with fussy eaters um but like bags of spinach if people don't like veggies put them into spike balls or whatever it may be um and you can they they go into it and they just disintegrate so they're getting their, their that side of things in um so i think that's everything going on there um so there's a lot into it so like regarding the walking resistance bands or weights uh how to manage if life gets in the way uh weighing daily carbs and fats progressive overload uh, and going on holidays there's a, got, there's a good bit to it um and then we talk about the cycle there as well so so if you have enjoyed this episode please do tag me up on your story if you have any questions that you want included in the next few kind of q a's that are going to happen on a Tuesday with uh, the female fat loss group that we have and then please send them in and I will do that and include it in that so they'll be out on Wednesdays for the next little while if you have any questions at all please do let me know please do share please do tag uh, the episodes as much as you can so hopefully you found this episode useful hopefully you found the uh, the podcast useful uh, so guys thank you so much for listening